0: You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Today we are talking about the overhead press and how the overhead press can benefit your bench press. Uh, This is something I bring up often whom i talk to and within our videos and whatnot i'm always stressing the importance of the overhead press and bringing up your bench press i feel strongly about it um uh, you know i've seen time and time again those who bring that overhead press up who are strong here uh have a good success rate with getting their bench press up it kind of goes hand in hand i see a really good correlation between the two so that's what we're going to touch on today and we're going to break it down into three different things We're going to talk about first the benefits. I'm going to sell you on why you should put some overhead pressing into your routine. Then we're going to get into some programming aspects. I'm going to give you a little routine I like to use that I use with my athletes. Um, Something you could take right now and put into action. And then we're going to talk about the technique behind the overhead press. So you're going to get everything today. But first it is my job to sell you on why you should even do this. We have a question zero
1: first. All right. We got a call out. Okay. What is your overhead press
0: pre PR by Lao strength? Um I think it was 240 for 3. So uh that was that was in a raw training cycle. So that's where it was standing before. So uh, I did bring that up oh, quite a bit. Uh the thing with overhead press is you're not going to see it go up as extreme. You know, bench already is slow moving thing for most people. Overhead press is going to even be Slower, so you got to keep that in mind because you can easily get frustrated. Um, You're gonna be grinding for those extra pounds. So, if you can see a five pound gain, that's a big deal, you know, because relative to your other lifts, it's just not gonna be as much usually. All right, so we're gonna talk about the benefits of an overhead press. The overhead press is by far the hardest pressing variation i don't think anyone can really argue that too much if you had to break it down like what position are you stronger in of course it would be the decline press you know if you were to go into the gym and you were to do a decline bench press you are going to be in your strongest position that is the same reason why people's asses come flying off the bench because um in the nature of the heavy weight there and you are trying to get that weight lifted you want to create a decline because it is an easier position so that's why you have those those types of things happening and why it takes so much discipline to keep the horizontal leg dry. Um, next would be your lying bench press because I think we can all agree that incline is usually a lot harder than your flat bench press. Uh, hopefully, that's the case. And then next you would have your overhead press, standing variation. And I get asked often, does it matter if I do it seated or standing? Well, yes, uh uh, standing overhead press is going to be a lot more beneficial for you because you're going to utilize a lot more uh, muscles, muscles through the body. and you, There's a lot more technical stuff behind it instead of just sitting down. So it's also going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot harder. That is true. So um, it, it's definitely worth it to do it in the standing variation. All right. And the thing with the overhead press, when technique is bad in the bench press, someone heavily relies on their shoulders. So the reason why it would help someone whose technique maybe isn't there on the bench press is for that fact exactly. They're going to use more shoulders. So someone that's bad at benching is going to get a huge benefit from the overhead press. Someone who's good at benching, if your technique is good, your shoulders don't usually get uh, enough work. They just don't get hit as much because you're not loading now through your shoulders. And if you are good with keeping your back tight um, and you press back in a good tight position keep your shoulder blades retracted uh, you are not really working your shoulders they're not going to develop a ton so both people if you're bad at benching if you're good at benching you can benefit from extra overhead press work because you want strong shoulders regardless they play a big role um, and specifically as well being able to retract your shoulder blades and maintain that position uh, which brings me to also staying balanced with that. So the overhead press is all, is great and all too. But you, you just want to develop your overall shoulder. And there's, there's no better way to to get your best bang for your buck than to do an overhead press. It's like anything else. It's the movement that you're going to be able to use the most weight on. It's going to develop really the whole shoulder girdle. Um, but you do want to balance it out as well with rear delt work. That is going to be huge. Um. Bounce that out with rear delt work because if you're predominantly uh, front delt, side delt, you never really hit your rear side, it's going to hinder your progress as well. It's like you're only going to go as fast as your brakes. Elvis is a car guy. He understands that concept. He's not going to go fast if he knows he's got a shitty set of brakes. So he's got to be able to stop. I'm not trying to hit a wall. That's right. Got I uh, got hit with the coffee emoji. Coffee Emoji. Coffee Emoji. Sip of coffee for the working man. I got my Sierra Nevada Coffee Stout. Like I said, pre-show. Sierra Nevada, one of my favorite brewing companies. Uh, give them a shout-out. Chico, California. I have yet to visit, but I would love to. That's damn good. All right. And like I mentioned previously, there's a huge correlation with the bench. I'll give you an example right now. Adam Bell, was a member of our team, he came into our program with about a three seventy five raw bench. He's now doing tremendous he hit four twenty in training, so he's made tremendous progress there. Uh is it all related to the overhead press? Not entirely, but that was something I made sure we were progressing on <clears throat> because he was someone who stayed away from it like myself i would stay away from it because one i wasn't good at it and then two it was causing him some issues some pain and he wasn't having a good time with it so he avoided it all together but i said hey adam instead of avoiding it all together let's get you into a position whether we do mobility work or whatever we really had to work on technique but we got him pressing overhead um with lightweight so it was barely even a quarter on the bar but he was overhead pressing and that's the main thing he was getting something in he's been able to progress it since um, not sure where he was for about a max i want to say probably like 165 to one eighty five area regularly doing reps over a plate um, but he's looking really solid in his overhead press now and his bench is showing the effects he's hitting 420 on the bench press it continues to go up every training cycle from a combination of good feet up work with addition of overhead pressing. So it's continued to do well for him, training cycle after training cycle. Um, Very excited for him. And he's not the only one who's made tremendous strides as well um, with throwing in the overhead press. And I've seen it in my own training as well. Uh, That was instrumental when I hit that 240 for three PR. I hit my best raw bench of 440 pounds. Uh, my previous to that was 4.15. I don't usually do raw training cycles. I'm mostly focused on the shirt work. It's a very different world. Uh, so when I did the raw training cycles, very important, I brought up my overhead press. It was a huge weakness. And then there's the correlation again. The bench press went up. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty others. And you might be listening now that when you were strong in that movement, your bench press felt strong as well. That's traditionally the case. Uh, so... There's a huge correlation there. I find that's why majority of time I'm going to try to get someone to do overhead. If you have an injury with the overhead, do an incline, do some variation. You can dumbbells, whatever it is, do something that you can still do the movement and eventually progress to standing barbell. I think you just answered someone's question.
1: What was the question? Because <clears throat> Lau says he, uh, you, you already know, but he had surgery for his turned shoulder back in September. And do you think overhead press should be programmed to get strength in my shoulders back? I think you just made a very good point there about taking the incline, doing some dumbbells, until you get the strength back or the stability back to comfortably do an overhead press again.
0: Yeah, that's usually the, the number one reason people avoid it first is because of previous injuries and or you know it's causing them some issues when they're performing it, like in Adam's case. But I said, hey, it's something that we should really work towards doing let's get ourselves in a position where we can do the overhead and then we can build up from there so you know if he had to break it he i think he had maybe a 10-5 on the ends and for someone like him who's benching almost 400 pounds to be overhead pressing with a 10 and a 5 i mean that really takes it's like a kick in the gut but it's something they have to do and you know he just had to hear like hey man you just got to dial it back you know it is what it is for now but we're going to get there eventually it's going to make a big difference Uh, mobility work on the side he's been very diligent with doing all that uh, where he has to voodoo floss or do his mobility drills he gets that done Um, so that's all you got to do my friend is find a way to get there first if you have to use dumbbells, use dumbbells, but um, you know, do your mobility work, be diligent about that, your stretching, and until you feel confident, you can get under the barbell.
1: And I think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't do the overhead press, because it hurts their shoulders, or they're locked up in their upper back, and it's one of those things, it's, if you don't use a movement pattern, you tend to lose it, and how much of your day do you ever spend reaching
0: overhead? Oh yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and that's that's something I was going to touch on with technique too I think a little bit is that during the day I mean it, in today's world especially if you have a desk job if you're kind of hunched over like you see a position I'm in now my, my shoulders slunch forward to the front of the joint um, you know I'm not retracted I'm not holding a position like this I should be you know bad example here I guess guys but you know that's common for most people during the day you're doing some kind of typing or whatever you're slouched a little bit um, it kills your shoulder strength, and most people will have a hard time just holding their arms overhead. I don't know if, about you, but I've like when I started doing yoga a little more frequently, that was one of the hardest things was just keeping my arms up. I was very surprised; I had a hard time keeping my arms up, uh, which was pretty sad. You know, seeing how much you would lift, and then you just can't keep your own arms up. Uh, but it's true—you you start to lose it. Listen, I'm still upset. I strained my rotator cuff <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, that happens <laughs> quite often, but that goes to show you that you just you're, you're not strong in the in the rear side, or you know, just that little movement can set you off like that. And I used to get that a lot more till I started hitting my upper back. Like sleeping can totally ruin your your shoulder joint. I still get it time to time, uh, but sleeping wrong, you'll notice if you're bad. Like that'll F you up quite often. Um, but by far, guys, best bang for your buck: the overhead press. Um, all the all pressing variations you know whether you're doing dumbbells seated whatever the case may be nothing beats a good old standing barbell overhead press Uh, so hopefully by me explaining you know how great this is how much it's benefited our team myself you know hopefully this is something that you're like oh shit you know maybe i should get on this and throw it into my training here Uh, so hopefully you feel that way guys Uh, If that's the case, where do you begin? How do you do that? All right. Well, I'm going to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you how to do that. We're going to get into a little bit of programming here. Now, this is something I like to do. You don't have to follow this. I'm sure there's a million ways you can do this, like with any programming. Okay. But it's not a secret that I like our athletes to bench twice a week if they can. Okay. We usually have benching in twice a week for the large majority of them. Um, And on that second day, for the majority of the training cycle, most of them are going to be having the overhead press as the main movement okay so that's why why put it as the main movement because you want if you want to consistently see progress there you want to hit it when you're fresh you know you don't want to go and do a bunch of accessory bench stuff and then try to actually go heavy on the overhead press or test yourself but all that previous work has now affected your strength affected fatigue and whatnot and now you have an inaccurate representation of where you're actually at. So I say, main movement, prioritize it. You know, give it the respect it deserves because it's a great movement to bring up your bench. Um, so we hit that first. We hit the overhead press. Um, I'm going to break it down for you. All right. Now I'm going to give an example of um, four-week phase. OK, but you can extend this in many ways, I'll tell you how. <clears throat> so first, uh, first week, week one okay i will start off uh now the reps are going to vary i'm going to give an example of a five rep okay so it would be a five by five what i tell them to do is like an rpe7 so what does that mean it just means pretty moderate weight you should have about three reps left in the tank you should hit five reps but it should feel like you can do eight to almost ten that's what we're aiming for that week um it's just good quality work you know, you're not going for a five rep max or anything like that. You're just focused more on technique, um, especially if it's your first time getting back into the movement. Hey, if you have to be under a plate, you just kind of got to take that, bite that bullet and stay really light with it. Um, it'll probably be real humble pie at first. Like you're going to have to dial the weight back a good amount. But five by five, very moderate. The next week. We're going to cut the volume down a little bit, but we're going to bump the intensity up just a tad. Week two, we're going to hit a three by five. Okay, I'm going to tell them, hit it at like RPE eight. Um, This is where you can start to explore your strength a little bit. You can pyramid it, so your first set is pretty moderate, maybe close to the week before. The next one, you get a bit heavier, not a five rep max, but heavier, so it's challenging. You should have one to two reps in the tank, all right? Nowhere near failure, but... You know you're nearing it. Um, And then then you want to back down the last one or you just want to lead up straight to that third set, however you want to break it down. bit heavier than last week. So, see, if you went too heavy on week one, now you're kind of in a shit show there. You know, because now where do you go from there? If you already kind of blew your load on the first week, right, you got nowhere to go on the second week. You know, you're looking at a PR now. So that's the key is going light enough in week one. Week three. This is gonna deload us a bit, all right. And that's usually how I program our athletes. Week three, we're looking at more of a deload type of week. Week four, we're gonna dial it in for, for testing uh, purposes and whatnot. It's a heavier week. So week three is gonna be a ten by three. That stays universal throughout any of these rep schemes. Okay, ten by three is speed work. That's gonna be very very light um, for myself. I don't even go to a plate, and I'll tell you why. Because we're only gonna do fifteen seconds rest top. That goes very, very quick for those of you who don't know. I filmed this in under three minutes. Um, I think even less than that when I filmed myself doing this, okay? 10 by 3, 15-second rest tops. You can even get under the bar in 10 seconds. Um, Very lightweight. I did, like, uh, like I said, 240 times 3 is my tops. I did like a quarter, quarter 10 when I did this, okay? Just for reference. Very, very lightweight, under 40%. Uh, You're trying to move very explosive technique. Week four, we're going to dial it in. We're going to go for that five rep max. So this is where we're going to balls out. This is actually a testing time. We want to see what's a max weight we can get for five. Um, We want to try to hit five. If you hit four, you hit four. But we want to try to hit that five. Uh, So that's what we're looking at. And then you could start it off like... If you want to extend this 12 weeks or 16 weeks, you can do that. You would just start off 5x8, 3x8, 10x3, 8 rep max. Then the next one, 5x5, 3x5, 10x3, 5 rep max. And you can work it all the way down from 3 rep down to 1 rep max. Okay. If you want to, sometimes I don't have them do 1 rep max. I'll have them stop at 3 rep. Sometimes we'll do this for 2 training cycles Sometimes we'll do it for three. It depends. It all depends on what I feel they need. If I think they need more bench work, we're going to get more bench work in. You know, as simple as that. They they need to do more technique work or equip lifters. They need to do some slingshot stuff. We're going to do that first. Um, but usually th- this is the main movement on that second bench day. Balance the rear delts. So it's important to keep in mind when you're doing this. Um, like I said, rear delt work super important. That's always in the warm-up of our bench work. Um, We always hit like 100 band pull-aparts. That's something I always try to do with the bench. Uh, I try not to bench without hitting 100 band pull-aparts. And then, of course, in accessories, doing your high rows, um, your band pull-aparts, your rear delt flies, uh, even pull-ups and whatnot. You know, balance out that rear side if you're always pressing. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to end up with a lot of issues. And if I had to attribute... But I was able to do an April 730 bench to do an 820 in September. Uh, It's a lot of upper back work, feeling a lot more stable with the weight, Uh, more balanced now, still not there yet, but much more balanced. And in terms of like what Elvis said, pulling stuff in the the middle of the night, much better with that. Don't usually get that. um, A lot too with with regular massage work is really great.
1: Now I got a question for you. Yeah. How do you feel about behind the neck overhead press? Oh, that's a good question. We didn't bring that up. Because uh, I know how I feel about it. <clears throat> well, how do you feel about it? Well, I feel like it's one of those exercises, if you can say only a certain amount of people can overhead press naturally, it's an even smaller percentage that can do it without any prep work at all. It's something that needs to be like worked up to. It, it's, the mobility demands are so much. If you're not de- doing it almost daily, like some work to get in that position, you just should probably just stick with the mm-hmm. in front of yourself
0: yeah and uh, my thoughts with that is I just don't see that being something of value um if you can which is hard enough for people already just getting into the overhead position as it is um I don't see there being any value trying to go behind the head with it. I know the old school bodybuilders guys like to do that, and I can see how maybe back then that actually helped them retain some mobility if they're constantly going through that, but um, you know I certainly i don't I never programmed it in for any of our people. Uh, or myself and if i did i would be like really make sure there um that you aren't taking that bar too low uh that you're stopping at the right point you aren't going through any resistance but uh, it would certainly be very light but i just it's never something i program because i just don't see there being value something i have done though um behind the neck pull downs oh those are those are nice yeah with a static hold so, you know, relate it to like the squat position, you still wanna be able to get in that position ideally because you gotta squat with a straight bar. But um, no overhead pressing, but definitely doing some kind of pull down um, to strengthen the back up and a pull motion, uh, especially cause that's what we're doing in the squat, pulling the bar down. So uh, definitely do those.
1: Behind the neck pull downs actually used to be my prep work for behind the neck overhead presses.
0: Yeah, just to go. get that you know that same motion kind of going. Well, that actually gives you some mobility too. You know, when it, when you think mobility exercises, I mean, it sounds kind of fancy, but you know, all it comes down to is doing movements and just stressing more range. Like if I'll do RDLs in the first rep of RDLs with a band or something. Very very stiff. I don't get my butt back much, but do ten of those. And then, boom, all of a sudden, you're reaching further back. You're reaching lower in a good position. You know, that's all mobility work really is. It's just kind of going through and strengthening those patterns because you wouldn't normally do them in the day, you know, like that. So that's all there is to it, guys. Real simple. Um, so that's a program aside things. That's pretty much what I stick to. That's what I've I've done. It seemed to work very successfully in the past um it's a good balance getting your volume in giving you the deload working on speed technique that week three and then of course testing where your strength is at and progressing it from there Uh, so that's what i've kind of stick to there's other ways to do it sometimes on that 10 by 3 day i'll put in something like a pin press for example um if i feel like the person maybe isn't executing the 10 by 3 day well or maybe they don't really need it i'll just have them do like pin press or sometimes they'll work it out if it's off-season where they do dumbbells early on, pin press, and then do, like, a standing overhead. Um, some variation like that. So some people, like, aren't even ready for the barbell, and that's when we'll do dumbbells and stuff. Um, so I think we covered that. If there's any questions, let them come in here. No, uh, but I think uh, we can get one more <coughs> in for the people. <clears throat> what do you think is
1: limiting most people from doing that overhead press? Like, where do you think they should attack? Why they don't do it? No, just
0: like, is it like t spine mobility, like upper back, shoulder? Well, I think one of the major reasons what we're going to get to is the, the technique behind it. Because uh, I'm going to say the number one reason is because people, I see people trying to press around their head. And I don't necessarily, because I'm not against leaning back too much to get into it, really. Uh, I'm not against leaning back too much. There's definitely way too much. But, um, you know, everyone's got to think they got to stay so upright and whatnot. It's okay to lean back a little bit. All right? It's not the end of the world to lean back a little bit. You squeeze your glutes, you're good. If you don't squeeze your glutes, you're going to hurt your lower back a bit. All right? So that's all it comes down to is is the tightness that you're creating through the floor. Um, But really, it's how you engage your lats. It's how you... Because you still have to bend the bar. Like what I'm going to get into... Let's just get into technique. Let's hit it. It's, It's a same checklist that you do with the bench it's a standing bench press there's nothing different you know all the same things we're not we're not uh trying to like pop the weight off our chest and heave it up that's a push press that's not what we do on the bench either though we're going to lock in our feet starts from the ground up right spread the floor twist your feet into the floor create that torque squeeze your glutes through your whole lower body at this point should feel rooted so if there's a hurricane going on and shit's flying everywhere, you're rooted to the floor. All right, from there, breathing into your belt region, right, trying to break the belt with your stomach. Um, you need to have a strong midsection there, because again, force is coming from the ground up. If you have soggy lower body, it's it's gonna be so hard on your upper body, because you have no um, nowhere for the force to go. You know what I mean? It's all upper body doing the work at that point. So make sure your midsection is engaged and then where most people go wrong here I say is the lats not bringing your shoulder blades down. Because If you're just here, if you're watching you can see if I just take my shoulder blades and I drag them down my body what ends up happening is my chest wants to rotate up a little and that's enough to plant that bar right there into my lats and easily create room where I can press straight up as opposed to being um, loaded in my shoulders my forearms taking a, a real beating and then just being in my shoulders mostly because again the shoulder blades if you can lock those down it connects it with the whole body if you can't you're loading your shoulders it's the same thing we talk about in the bench press it's no different there but that really, it totally puts you in a different position. And that's why Adam's been so successful with it, is he's getting that down now. He understands he's got to work the shoulder blades down. His presses look real crisp, real explosive, and they don't bother him anymore because he's not loading that shoulder joint. Um, but that's really, if you, if you ran it down, that's the whole deal. And you're bending the bar, don't forget, guys, you're bending that thing. You want to create some tightness to the bar as well. It starts with how you unrack it. That's another biggest mistake I see with it. If we're going to talk about the two biggest mistakes right now, unracking the barbell. If you come up to it, right, it should be around where you're going to squat. No higher. Uh, you oftentimes see it a lot higher. And what people do, it's all shoulders. They lift out with their shoulders. It's not with their back. So you lock down your shoulder blades. You get under the weight. You get tight to it. And then stand up. Right. You have your knees bent a little bit. Stand up. That's all there is to it, guys. You're trying to lift the weight out of the rack and then position it down. Okay? Get tight under it, stand it up, and then bring it out. All right? Don't try to, to lift it out with your upper body because that's like if you did the same thing on the bench. When do we ever say about the same thing on the bench? You don't go and take that weight and drag it out yourself like that. Have someone hand you off. Worry about your shoulder blades dragging the weight. Same thing when you go into overhead, press the take out right get tight under it pop it up with the legs and then get it where you want but lock it into the lats first if you don't do that it's going to load right near your shoulders you're going to have a hell of a time trying to get that back with a lot of weight tell you that much um, but yeah that's the checklist you can see how similar it is to the bench and you know, all those things we talked about just now it's really we're just saying the same things we talk about when we're talking good bench technique we're just looking at it in a standing position it's really no different. All right, and then the the second biggest mistake I'd say, just like I, I just said to Elvis, trying to press around your face, guys, you have to move your head a little bit, or else you're gonna hit yourself in the jaw. <laughs> it makes no sense. You know, you gotta tilt your head back a little bit because if your head's just naturally lined over your midfoot, unless you're leaning back an incredible amount, you know that bar you gotta go through your your where your chin is and whatnot. So when you press the bar. You're going to have to move your head a little bit um, because you have to get that bar going back. That's a big thing. You have to feel the bar getting pressed back. And you have to stay under it because if not, it's going to come out around your chin. Now you're disconnected. You're doing a big front raise with a shit ton of weight, guys. That's not going to fly. Um, and Then when you come down with the weight, when someone has a good press up, that's usually they're, they're usually good with that. You know, I see when that's not good, but usually people are good with that for the most part. It's when they come down with the weight that they're having a hard time with. Because they'll bring their head through, which is great. They won't move their head again. They'll try to bring the weight out in front or the racket different. They're not keeping their lats tight under it. Because like when we talk about bench press, you press the weight, but then you let your shoulder blades drift with it. And then you lose that entirely. So you have to keep your shoulder blade locked in. When you press, you're just finishing with the triceps, and then you're loading right back into your lats. And once you disconnect the shoulder blades, you pretty much lost that. Um, And then it's a descent, things all screwed up coming around to your head, you're not in your back anymore, and that's when it's going to start going awry on you. Um, So those are probably the two biggest faults. Um, Like I said, don't be afraid of a little backwards lean. I'll tell you a funny story. I don't know, um, I don't know if he's listening in now, he might be in there somewhere. I don't know. My buddy Shawnee there. One time we're in the gym and I'm helping someone on the bench, right? He comes around the corner. I know he was done with his bench and whatever. I I know I thought he was squatting. He was out near a monolith. He's like, Hey, can you come spot me? I'm like, Yeah, sure, no problem. Thought he was squatting. Then I see him get under the bar like he's gonna go and press it. And I'm wondering to myself, what the hell's going on here? Why does he need a spot for this right now? And then I saw why. He took the weight out. It looked like the exorcist was about to happen. It looked like he was going to get on all fours, start crawling backwards. He was, like, bent in half. It looked like a bench press in the sky. I said, put this weight back. We're not having it. We put the weight back. He was good. <laughs> Everyone survived. I said, probably shouldn't do that ever again. We have to get you right first. And then that was about it for that um, but that, I always remember that time. Um, that's too much. That's too much. If you're like bench pressing in the sky, we don't want that. <laughs> so um, that's my story with that. But yeah, guys, if you have any questions on technique, you know, uh, you can drop them here now, or you can shoot me an email, Coach at BigBenches dot com. I don't want you to shy away from this movement because it causes you pain currently and or you don't know how to program it or you don't know the technique behind it. It's a great, great movement. I think it gets a lot of bad rep, Um, not because this is approached differently. You know, the overhead press, hardest pressing variation, you can argue there's probably more technique that goes into this than with the bench press. And if you look at Olympic lifters, you know, the one one's that snatch, I guess is kind of overhead too, but there's a press going on in your cleaning jerks, right? You have to get that weight up at some point you know how dialed in those people get. They have uh, like over like weightlifting is just all technical stuff. Like those coaches dial that shit in so hard, and they have like made programs just for that. With with like it being a, an Olympic sport and whatnot too, that process is so dialed in. But you gotta think it's the same thing when you're pressing weight too. There's a lot of shit that goes into it you don't even realize. It's probably even more technical than the bench press in, in um, you know hindsight there. So that's why people are having a hard time with it there's just a little misinformation on how to perform it and I was very disconnected with the movement too but as you start to um, get more familiar with it you do it more you gain more confidence in it you understand the technique you just gotta start light guys and you won't hurt yourself and you'll progress alright sound like a good deal alright guys sip a coffee for the working man we got the Sierra Nevada coffee stout tonight <clears throat> Damn good. Good coffee flavor. Alright guys, that's a wrap. That's a podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Great podcast on overhead pressing. If you enjoyed this, please go out, leave us a five star review on iTunes. I'll shout you out, okay? Um and then let's get some business from our sponsors or lack thereof. Big Benches VIP membership group. If you're not a part of this group, you're gonna want to get involved. Uh, If you cannot invest currently in our full coaching program, which is our top tier offer, the VIP membership... Next best thing, you're going to be able to get involved with our team for under $10 a month. We're talking $9.99 a month to get involved with the VIP membership. Program templates are free. So you're already talking about getting hundreds of dollars of value right off the bat free just from getting involved. All right, we have it in a content folder. Everything's there for you. Get involved with the team. Um, You are going to receive a shit ton of additional content. So if our bench press videos helps you at all, you are going to get just as good quality videos on deadlifting, squatting, training philosophy, programming. We're going to start doing live webinars once a month. Alright, you're going to get a ton of value here, guys, and you're going to become part of the team. You get access to that group. Alright, so you're going to want to go to bigbenches.com and go to the VIP membership. Check out what it's all about. You know, you're know, you going to want to be a part of this group, guys. Sign up. Get involved. Alrighty, so there we go. That's a podcast. Appreciate everyone listening, and you have been listening to The BenchCast.